Hello, welcome to Sounding Board. My name is Deandra Hansen. And I'm Maureen Smith. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. You know what I will say? I feel like the last time we did this, uh, we were in much worse moods. We were in much worse moods. We were like, like not okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's been three weeks. Yeah, and it's been like about. a, it's been like a pretty okay three weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's been um, well, we went on a trip, so we definitely that's one of the reasons one of the weeks that we were not recording, and then the other week we just like we're not caught up with just kind of like basic life stuff like we had to we had our floors replaced in the kitchen so we had to basically pack up our kitchen like we were moving that was wild yeah that feels like an eternity ago um and then we went to new york to visit my family which was really nice yeah i'm really thankful for the time i got to spend with them it was like the first time in a while that it was nice. Yeah. Um, and we, like, went to... We visited a couple of relatives, but not too many, just to be safe. We were tested right before we left. Um, well, Daniel got, got to see a couple relatives. Mm-hmm. I mainly stayed in bed. Yes. Maureen was sick. Not with COVID. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was a good... It was a good trip. The drive was long, and we brought the cats... Because we didn't want them to be underfoot for the floors getting replaced. I feel like maybe we've talked about, like, Daniel and Maureen go on a road trip with the cats before. But if not, it's really... Honestly, this trip was better than it's been in the past. It it was. It did... What, what this trip, more than others, made me realize is just how limiting traveling with the cats is. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there were a couple of nights that we could have stayed elsewhere... Yeah. Or that we could have, like, done other things, or we could have taken, like, an, some extra time. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't because we had the cats. Right. Right. But, you know, besides that, it was a good trip. And they were they were good. It just, like, made the drive a lot longer because every anytime we had to stop, like, we couldn't leave the cats in the car alone. Right. Oh, that was the... Honestly, that was the biggest pain in the ass, mm-hmm. was that whenever we had to stop... One person always had to stay in the car. Mm-hmm. So every stop took twice as long. Yeah. What would have been a 10-minute stop was always like a 20 or 30-minute stop. Right. Right. So, I mean, besides that, you know, mm. again, the trip was nice. It was it was good. And I don't know. Um, we started a, a project while we were out there. A recording project. We did. Yeah. I'm like working on... I highly recommend if you have a microphone to yourself, listener. Or even just your phone. Yeah. Even just your phone. Sit down with those relatives that are still alive and just kind of ask them about their lives. And, you know, as a journalist, my go-to is the who, what, where, when, and why of it all. Um, And just kind of like figuring out like who your relatives were and like who were the players in their life. Like who were their parents who were their parents' parents, like, who were their brothers and sisters. And I got to do that with um, with both of my grandmas, who, of that generation of my family, are the only people still alive. Um, so it was cool to kind of, like, you know, I, I find, like, American history, like, immigrant American history especially really interesting because it's so part of my family history, but I don't really know a lot about it just because of the nature of my of my family but um it was cool to like talk actually talk to people the people about it that know so i don't know if you ha- also kind of have that experience and, and you have people that you can talk to in your family i highly recommend it and record it so that you can you know 
revisit it. It's the kind of thing where I really look forward to just revisiting it into 10 to 15 years and like putting pieces together as well and the things the thing i find really interesting in that process like you find it really interesting just like getting facts Mm -hmm. but like as a person who well you're in kind of an interesting position because you're in your late 20s and you haven't really experienced a close grandparent dying just gonna shout out that i didn't like my grandpa huh just kidding. I wasn't actually upset. That was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. Um, I mean, I wasn't going to go there, but sure. So, like, you haven't... Because I've had a grandparent that I was very close with die. Mm-hmm. And um, what I'm... So, I know what I miss. And I know what questions I would want to ask them now. And so I kind of came at it from the perspective of like, man, how cool would it be if I had the opportunity to ask my Nana, like, oh, you know, what do you think of this person? Or like, what's your what's your take on this? Like, basically just like asking their opinion of things and like what their worldview is and like, oh, like, just like asking, getting like kind of more... Of, like, an emotional mm-hmm. read. Because, like, for example, when we talked to your grandma Phyllis, you you guided the conversation for the most part. Just asking kind of, like, you know, like, who was this person? What year? Like, what did they do for a living? You know, stuff like that. But then at one point I was like, well, if this is something that potentially our future kids are going to listen to, like, wouldn't it be cool if they knew what this person, like thought of our relationship so i was like what do you think of like what's your opinion of me mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like you know it 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 sounds like a selfish question but i mean like for posterity's sake no we also like, asked like why do you think you and daniel get along so well yeah and it was cool to just stuff like that um i think is nice because you know i don't know like i am actually really close to my grandmothers and i am it's gonna be it's hard to imagine them not in my life weirdly um, not weirdly. Well, I just mean because I think a lot of times older relatives, it's like a lot of people feel with their older relatives like, oh, I mean, they're going to die one day. But I mean, I am I am close with my grandma. So it's it's kind of weird to think about for me personally. Like I do. I call my grandma like once a week and, and I don't know. I mean, I mean, I feel, I think especially once we get to our age of like, you know, I'm 30 and I have grandparents still in the mix. Yeah. And so they've been around for this long and it'll be strange once they die of them not being around. Mm -hmm. So like, I get what you mean. Yeah. Like when you have a grandparent die when you're eight. Right. You just kind of have like impressions of them. Mm Mm-hmm. In your mind, it's more like a painting, you know, instead of, instead of like something concrete, like, oh, like, you know, the difference between the difference between the picture I have in my mind of my grandma who lives out in Malta, Illinois, and my, uh, my opa who died when I was 12 Mm -hmm. is that my opa in my mind is a caricature. Mm Mm-hmm. But my grandma is, like, a person with thoughts and feelings and, 
she doesn't like salt in her food and Mm -hmm. she you know drinks coffee and you know did you know watches the news and wishes that the trib would send the sunday edition out to her neighborhood Mm-hmm. Like it, and it's that's such a big difference. We should bring your grandma the trip when we visit. Well, that would be nice. We're gonna try and visit. We just got tested again because we're well. So I want to talk about all that, um, what we're up to because we've been busy when we've been, since we've been back too. Um, I want to talk about. We just recently published two articles that I think you should check out. I'm not gonna go into them intensely because I didn't actually write them. But they're both fantastic. Um, the one is a feature on this uh, restaurant that, like, it's an Indian restaurant that expanded to bagels in Logan Square. And just kind of, like, the innovativeness of of working in the pandemic is really fascinating. Well, and what's cool about what's cool about that, uh, the restaurant is called Supercana. And what's cool about it, just, like, from the get, is that it started as, like, kind of a side project or a collaboration f- from with, like of these owners with the owner one of the owners of lulu mm-hmm. lulu cafe and um this is a collaboration the bagels are a collaboration between the owners of Supercana, where there's already a relationship with lulu cafe and the head baker at lulu cafe mm-hmm. cafe basically the people the owners of Supercana called up the head baker at lulu cafe and was like hey do you want to do something with us and she was like how about bagels and they were like all right so it just like turned into this and it's cool as hell i mean i have a lot of respect for sit-down restaurants who have Mm -hmm. actually successfully adapted into like actual takeout places yeah well and that's interesting because like the takeout place is such a new york thing Mm -hmm. but it's not really a chicago thing yeah. Chicago is much more about like dining than it is about takeout. And so it's been a really interesting Well and delivery. We seem to love delivery. Chicago? Yeah, we're like the Grubhub capital of the world, I think. Really? Well, I mean that might be just that that's where it's headquartered. No, but I think a lot of I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Um But yeah, takeaway like specifically like takeout. Yeah. Isn't it's not really as much of a thing in chicago as I mean, it even is just my family like anytime it's like oh no i'll just go pick it up oh yeah yeah well that's because and part of it is that specifically the difference between long island and and chicago is that like on long island everybody has a driveway yeah here it's like i mean i could go get it but then i'd have to find parking at 11 i know i'm so used to just not driving oh, places yeah if we had a parking spot it would be Nothing. an entirely different yeah. thing yeah um, the other article I, w- I definitely wanted to talk about, um, we have a new writer and we're, we're actually fielding new writers and there are a couple other new writers that haven't pu- published yet, but one, this article just came out from a new writer, Imani Elizabeth. She's fantastic. Um, she's written for a few different places, but for us, she wrote a piece on just kind of like thoughts on the way the media and Chicago, the city cares about, um, Woodlawn. Woodlawn and, and kind of other neighborhoods um, that are that are rife with violence in comparison to, like, the lootings downtown. And just how it just feels like from that perspective that people just don't care unless it, it's affecting 
the um, stores and like places of basically wealth and and it's it's disappointing and it's it's problematic and and it's a really great piece i definitely recommend checking it out if you can um and two if you are listening and you are someone who's interested in writing please do shoot us an email at scopymag at gmail.com i usually just ask for people to send writing samples and um and pitches pitches. so that i can get an idea of kind of how what kind of work you want to be doing how it fits into the magazine um and with those pitches like trying to strike a balance of like something that you are like your heart is kind of set on but also that you feel would be a good fit for what we do yeah like we don't really do sports coverage Mm -hmm. we don't we don't do reviews we do not publish reviews and i can't stress enough how serious i am some of the greatest um relationship working relationships scopy has with others are people that did not think that they would get as far as they have like arturo wrote into the show to be like can i please help cash wrote in cash who's the publishing editor now wrote into the sh- into the email sent us an email being like hey i really love the work you're doing i would literally love to just like make you coffee or something no her email was do you have internships i will literally fetch coffee i will be the coffee girl if if it gives me an opportunity to spend time with you and learn from you and Mm -hmm. get to to do any kind of work adjacent to what you're doing now she's the fucking publishing editor and writing like we didn't let her get us coffee no yeah (laughs) just Um, for the record for the record No, and, and I and so I mean it when I say, you know, if there's if you're listening and, and there's any degree of apprehension of, you know, I don't know if I should write in because or I should um, submit because, you know, I they're not going to actually read it or they're not going to respond or I'm going to be wasting their time. Like, no, I read all the emails we get. Um, so you definitely, definitely should reply if you want to. Yeah. Yep. And it can be a pretty short and sweet email. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a manifesto it, c- it could also be a manifesto if that's your thing yeah um i'm editing gonna edit this out of the clip but i, I want to mention it on the show i need a notepad i realize like on my desk because look at this thing this is my notes from just the last two days of work on stuff which i do actually want to make sure we talk about because now that now that i'm a part of hearing in color officially i'm gonna mention it on my podcast i know you didn't want to mention it on the podcast one time when i brought it up i think i was just burned out yeah <laughs> Well, I was burned out. Okay, do you want to come back in now? Yeah. So I was going to say what I was going to say. Wait, come back in on what? I thought you said we were going to edit this out. No, I'm not going to edit this out. Oh. I'm editing it out for the clip. Oh. I'm editing I am I, I'm I wrote down a note. Sorry, this is a very long string string of thoughts. Let me sh- let me take you with me on this. Okay, so I wrote let down me a take note. You for a ride. S- sounding board 13 13 minutes, which is where it was 13 minutes in. That's when I started the bit about like, we want writers. I was like, this would be a good clip. Thought in my head, this would be a good clip to just like share for people to like. Sure. So, um, so hopefully there'll be a clip of that. Now that I've, there's a recording of me saying that I want to make it a clip, I hope that that actually happens. By the way, do you like it when we make clips of the podcast? Right into the show. Hey, she, <laughs> right into the show. <laughs> no, I do check out the clips. There's like some on TikTok and stuff. I'm, I need to do more. I actually have like a bunch of clips from the last episode like marked off because they're pretty evergreen. But I keep forgetting to just like it's kind of it's, a, it's kind of painstaking work. It's too. the damnedest thing. It's like it's hard to 
set time aside for like it's the subtitles yeah which are great like they're so necessary and like they're they make content so much more accessible when you include include subtitles like if you do any videos you should have them if you can but it's the it's so much work to do them and it it makes it slows everything down Mm -hmm. um excuse me sorry so Daniel that, burped and it was gross. Sorry. So that was what I was writing a note about. And I was saying I want a notepad. And I, because I've been working a ton this week on a hearing and color project. Mm-hmm. Um, if, for those that don't know, it's my podcast. I'm going to tell the story in the most gloating way possible. Hearing and color was was a part of, like, we helped, like, start it. Yeah. And obviously, it's we we don't really helm it anymore. Like, we no. help out and... and have roles there now right but no, i'm the marketing director and daniel's the technical director yeah um newly technical director i've i've been doing that work for hearing and color we've for been a while pu- we've been pulling you in for the concerts yeah for the for its entirety but you you were never part of the conversation of planning the concert right and basically what ended up happening is i would come in day up for the concert or like a few days before and learn about what the, what the project and stuff and just kind of feel like a little behind um, and so I just said to Larab, like, hey, like, I, you know, I, I think, it, I think it just makes sense that I'm, that I like attend all the meetings and stuff. And so it's been good. And, um, it's a really solid team. Yeah. Like, I'm really, I really, really like all of the people who are involved. For mm-hmm. the first time, I have marketing help. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah. Like, for the first time in my, for the first time in my life, I have help with marketing. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Oh, that's not true. We had so we had social media interns mm-hmm. for Scopy, and they were great too. God, that was so great, man. If you if you like social media, reach out to us for but- real. <laughs> that's real. If you want to do social media for Scopy, holy God, please reach out yeah. to us. I'm so in. I'm so out to see. I'm so overwhelmed. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Um, but so today I, we had a big editing session. Well. I, I, I go too far ahead. The A couple days ago, we did a long recording session. And it was only really long because we really ironed out recording protocol That's great. during COVID, which is so fascinating. Um, Lorab knows... Uh, Lorab, who's the artistic director. Lorab Payton. Um, yeah, who's the artistic director of Hearing in Color. And who, you know, when we... Actually, didn't have to, I didn't tell the story. But we, we did a concert series. Part of them was these concerts where we reached out to people of color to program an evening of song specifically of their culture. And it was, it was fantastic. And we did very little in the actual artistic creation, but just basically helped facilitate it. We networked with space providers and, and um, marketed it and recorded it and all that. And you can find all those recordings on the Scopy magazine, YouTube, if you want to listen to them. They're really cool. They are really cool. Um, We organized two of, or three of them. Mm-hmm. And then LaRob took over after that. Yeah. And since then, it's been like three years LaRob has done all of them. And we've helped with all the recording still. And Maureen obviously has done a lot of the marketing. It's so like we've basically... I've done all the marketing. The work that we've done hasn't <laughs> changed. But basically, we just, you know, have as much as possible tried to let hearing color be hearing color. Exactly. Um, There's a There is a partnership that exists between Scopy and hearing and color. But that's... So it's, much. It's, it's mostly just because Maureen and I are Scopy Magazine, and we and help. We out help. With that yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So 
the project that's happening right now is a live streamed concert. You probably have, which, what's the actual date for it? September 26th at 4 p.m. The face you're making at me right now. You're like so The fact that you're taking the lead in explaining this concert and you're like, what's the date? (laughs) Bruh. The technical director is not the scheduling director, okay? I am I am in the weeds of cameras and files and storage management. Yeah. I, I don't need to know dates. Yeah, well, it's September 26th at 4 p.m. live on Hearing in Colors Facebook. Um, and we're really pumped about it. It's called Good Necessary Trouble. And it was inspired by... Um, we, like, planned this concert a couple of days after... Uh, John Lewis died because mm-hmm. good necessary trouble is part of a very famous quote of his. Yeah, it's a really special thing. And so, um, what's happening is there's been a conglomeration of video videos submitted, and then we did a long recording session where we recorded. We only recorded 15 minutes of material, but we recorded with one person, and then we had to let the space air out for two hours, and then we recorded with another person and had to let the space air out for two hours all told we were at on location for 10 hours because we just that was just the way that it had to go um but the project itself is just really special because you know larab and i spent a few hours today working on the edit um and it's just like there's a lot of things like a culmination of a lot of things happening on this project the fact that we're like successfully doing putting together something during pandemic conditions, the fact that like a lot of um, the way that I record and do video is worlds different than when I was doing it conventionally. And the Rob has just put together such a fantastic program and the singer is involved. Warren just picked up Oscar and he's being fucking weird. He was walking on my keyboard. He does that. And it's the worst thing. And it's because he wants to find a place to sit. So I get that. Oh, but it's, sorry, it's really, something- I won't say it on microphone. Did he fart? No. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Good necessary trouble. LaRob's done an amazing job. The singers are amazing. It's, it's moving, important work and, um, and groundbreaking. Like it's, it's one thing to have a project that is, um, representative of the, of the need for diversity in America. And, and that is a message that we need to hear, especially in this time of heightened police brutality and just and just racism against black people. And, and uh, that's one element. But the other thing that is amazing, which I think a lot of people write off things as diversity projects, is this is groundbreaking. The, I don't like we talked with someone from WFMT and they were saying that like there is no recital protocol being made for projects like this right now well and what's cool is that even before this the recitals for hearing and color and the concerts for hearing and color were groundbreaking because we do a combination of performances and speakers Mm -hmm. and it's not a lecture recital because the it's not like the speakers are talking about the songs like for example um our last concert was called A Journey Unsung. And it was like spirituals and, you know, art song and a world premiere. And like that was the music. But like the speakers, like 
you know, on the theme of a journey unsung, like one of the speakers was a black mother who talked about how dangerous and life-threatening her experience of giving birth was and talked about statistics of, you know, black women in labor and Mm -hmm. like talk about a journey unsung. (laughs) Like, and it's just... It's it's such a thoughtful exploration of a theme. And yeah. that's what that's what each of these is. And so like the this concert called Good Necessary Trouble is good necessary fucking trouble. Like for example, part of our marketing campaign is that I, we're exploring the history of protest music and like we've gotten a couple of emails being like I don't like that you shared that song. Mm-hmm. because it's provocative and as a christian i'm offended and it's like hey man <laughs> it's uh the song is 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 about is like nina simone's impromptu response to the murder of a black man in mississippi mm-hmm. so like yeah it's provocative <laughs> but for good reason because it's about something provocative yeah and it's just i'm so excited to share this with people it's gonna be so cool yeah yeah so the last thing we wanted to talk about well not the last thing we kind of like the, the main event of this recording is we were going to talk about just kind of like current events yeah and the main thing that's really kind of going on at least right now um is this cdc trump standoff yeah. It's really sucks. And it has to, it has everything to do with Well, Trump. and institutions are just following suit. Yeah. So Trump's obviously worried about the election on November 3rd. He's making promises that we're going to have a vaccine by then. But, you know, the head of the CDC, Democracy Now! reported today that the head of the CDC was like, that's not happening. There's We're likely not going to get a vaccine until middle of 2021. Right. He said the second or possibly third quarter of 2021. Yeah. And it's just... And then Trump was like, oh, I called him and what? Didn't he say, I called him and he didn't say that he misspoke, <laughs> which I don't understand. Like, he, the way that he said it was very Trumpian. Yeah, uh, he basically said, like, he was just confused. Yeah, and I, I would definitely uh, watch the Democracy Now! from September 17th if you haven't already. Well, and, like, what I mean by institutions are following suit of just... Because what's happening is that the country is just kind of deciding that they're over it. It's it's like that it's that TikTok of the pandemic isn't over just mm-hmm. cuz you're over it. Like the country's over it and so we've just decided it's over. Like we see it in education. Like I um someone I went to college with just posted like many many posted like many many times today just like in multiple status updates about how he just spent a thousand dollars updating his teach from home setup and then got an email today saying that all teachers are being called to teach in in the schools and he's like tagging his colleagues and saying like how do we how do we organize a strike because I already had to fight for my life in July in terms of coming back to school in August. And now I have to do it again in September. Like, what do we have to prove to these people to show that? Because, like, even in 
I think in CPS, I saw a statistic today that eight CPS teachers have died. It's ridiculous. And I, and it, you know, what's funny is. I confirm that. I, I don't feel good. Do confirm about that. And I have another thing to talk about. It's, you know, as a person that's keeping an eye on the markets as well, um, it's, you know, the powers that be do feel like we're yeah. seeing. Yep. Eight Chicago public school teachers have died from coronavirus since the pandemic started. Yeah. Um, the powers that be do feel not good about the future. The, the markets have not done been doing well. Um, like, we're, like, I feel like we're on the precipice of another setup to what happened February to March, where there was the long decline that happened before Congress announced the first care package that actually delivered direct aid. And now that we're in these negotiations and they're not going well for the next round of aid, which, to, if you don't forget, if you didn't forget, the pandemic aid ended the first time on July 25th. We're a month and a half since then where this pandemic is still ramping up and we have no federal aid set up like we did. The All told, the federal aid lasted, what, two months? No. March, April, May. June, July. June, July. Okay, so five months. But still, like, it's not... It, wasn't like well, I think four months because it so April, May, June, July. I guess I was thinking yeah. personally because I only had two months of it from because I was still like furloughed or whatever. Sure, but I mean, like you're not the world. I know, but I I could be. <laughs> um. So yeah, and and you know, then it's like Trump wants markets to do well, so he's like pushing like Moderna and Pfizer, who are vaccine. Um, developers to you know have trials and do this that and the other and it's like you can't force a vaccine to happen it's only going to make it take longer when it goes badly and it's if we continue to let the markets dictate how we make decisions it's we're going to continue to just have aid that comes too late or not enough because if all congress cares about is their stock portfolios what kind of fucking government is that? What? Well, how can you... And then, like, what the ultimate slap in the face about that is, so, the, the House passed the HEROES Act in May. Yeah. I think end of May, which is an update of the, of the CARES, CARES Act. Act. That was the, that was the Democrats, that was the Democrats' update to that, which would have... Unemployment benefits run to the end of the year, maintaining the 600 And I think that it included $2,000 a month payments there of is stimulus. N- Let me mm-hmm. talk. So, <laughs> um, and the Senate has not scheduled a vote on it. And Ted Cruz today specifically said that they will not be scheduling a vote on it because it's like a liberal pipe dream or something to that effect but in the meantime the senate scheduled a vote to confirm i think three new conservative no two new federal judges Mm -hmm. that are anti-abortion judges and it's like this isn't this is no longer this is no longer about like public best interest this is purely republicans having a majority 
and milking it for all it's worth. They have absolutely zero, zero interest in public welfare. It's a real case for pushing for more direct democracy in our government because the, you know, democratic republic is what it means when you have people that are representatives, representatives, rep, republican, the democratic republic, that you have republics, what am I saying? You have republics of people that are, that make decisions democratically, and then you have the representatives that make the decisions. But if those representatives are all bought and paid for by lobbyists in their stock portfolio, then of course they're going to make interests in the House and the Senate that they're going to, sorry, they're going to make decisions in the House and the Senate that back their best interests. Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, the failure, and this is an anarchist speaking, like, it's the failure of a, an, of authoritarian government. Not to, it's not so authoritarian, but the idea of having a representative for, a, like, two representatives for Since one state. Since when are you an anarchist? I mean, I'm not an anarchist, but, like. This is an anarchist speaking. Well, like, I fall there on the, on the chart somewhere. Between there and libertarianism. Hmm. What? I don't know. It's just news to me that you're an anarchist. Ideologically. So it's all fascinating because, like, my point, I, what I meant to say is I, like, understand the idea of anarchism and appreciate it. But, like, material conditions dictate how ideology manifests itself in real life. Like, I'm not about to just, like, go out with Molotov cocktails and burn shit down. Because it's not, like, that's not... That is a broad stroke painting of what anarchism is. Like, it, at, at its root, it's just the idea that, like, author, like s- state systems... I don't know if I'm, if I'm an out-and-out anarchist, all right? I just, I get it. Like, I'm not... I don't know. I've done a lot of reading on it, and I think it's fun. But I, I don't know if I'm, like... <laughs> you, like, really went out on a limb there, being like, as an anarchist. I did go out on a limb there. And then you had to call me out on the show. I did have to... You're out here saying you're an anarchist. I I've felt like I'm probably a libertarian socialist. Yeah, but that's not an anarchist. I don't know. It's an anarchist. It. It's closer to it than authoritarian. I will <laughs> well, say. okay. I mean, well, I'm about to make an argument that that representative Congress is authoritarian. So I mean, like that's pretty. Yeah, but that's not anarchy. You're just a reformer. Mm. Mm. Someone needs to read up on their theory. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. As uh, I, what, I, what I didn't mean to anyway, say. Anyway, as, an, as anarchist, an anarchist, I'm saying let's just say the anarchist's case. If I put putting on an anarchist hat, okay, that is a failure of representative authoritarian Congress. Is that is that these? Power corrupts. If you give someone power, even if it's just the Senate, you know, Senate voting or whatever the fuck, like, it corrupts. Yeah. You know, those people want to keep their status. Like, they want to keep their class. And, and, and the only way they can do that is by, you know, voting their best interests or the interests of the people that are willing to pay them the money to keep their class. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think the market's going to crash. It's, it went from, like, for some reason it was at, like, th- S&P was up at, like, 360. Like, we're hitting all-time highs. And then in the last two weeks, it's, like, gone way back down to the since the beginning of the pandemic. 
And I have a feeling in the next Did two Did it weeks, drop below 300? We're at 333 today, I think. Oh, but that's the, that's where it was before the pandemic. That's what I meant. That's what yeah. I said. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you said the beginning of the pandemic. Yes. That's, well, I mean, that's what I, the beginning of the pandemic, I consider. Before it? I mean, I consider it the, I'm being the weird and semantic. I apologize. It's okay. The I consider it like the onset of the pandemic when it started going down. Because, like, we're in the same way that right now, the second wave started weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like, Did the, it? Yeah. Like, the, the well, so the economic downturn, especially in, on the market, did. Like, from the 360 to 330 happened two weeks ago. But also, cases ramped back up. Like, a month ago. Right. I mean, I don't think that we're going to know if it's a second wave until it's hindsight. Yeah, and... and Oh, God. Ow. It's had a very painful mouth experience that I don't fully understand what it was. Um, I think it's probably time to end. But... <laughs> Um, no, I, yeah, I just, the only thing I was going to mention is just global total of reported cases surpasses 30 million. Mm-hmm. We're approaching 200,000 deaths. We're at like 198,000. Which is a fun number. Yeah. I mean. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I, I, I want to end on a funny button. So if you, if you're not ready for that. Yeah, and, and just how much people are not willing to get a vaccine. I had people talk to me about that um, recently, and I can't believe that. I just, like, the anti-vax of our country oh, yeah. is real. Oh, God, the anti-vax of it all. All right, are we ready for my button? Uh, I guess Martha Stewart got into CBD. She's, like, living her best life right now. Can I be honest? Um, Martha Stewart didn't do anything wrong. Wait, what did she do? What did she go to jail for? <laughs> I don't actually know what she went to jail for. <laughs> I just stand Martha Stewart weirdly. I don't know why. I just appreciate that. Didn't she like embezzle? Like that's all she did. Jesus Christ! Uh, Is that a picture of Donald Trump with Martha Stewart? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Wait, they hang out. I think like in the two thousands they did. Dude, I listened oh, to some insider trading. Ooh. See, that's a fun thing to go to jail for, you know? You're going to tell me somebody with information about the stock market comes up to you and is like, hey, this right, stock here. is going to skyrocket. Here, wait, wait, wait. You're I'm not going to take advantage of that. No, here, listen. Um, On, sorry, let me, sorry, sorry, sorry for about what, okay. On December 21st, 2001, Stewart sold about 4,000 shares of Imclone Systems. A company run by her friend Sam Waxel that develops cancer therapy drugs. The next day, the company's stock tanked after news broke that Imclone's newest cancer drug, Airbitux, had been rejected by the FDA. Waxel, who also sold stock before the drug's rejection was made public, was arrested on charges of insider trading and later sentenced to more than seven years in prison. When questioned about her sale of the stock... Stewart denied any insider knowledge and said that the stock was sold based on a previously made agreement with her stockbroker, Peter, blah, 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 blah. Um, As a communist. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. I don't believe in the stock market. <laughs> and, I just want to say for the record, I just want to say for the record that you saying as a communist is the equivalent of me saying, well, as a mother of two, because I have two cats. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not a mother of two because I have two cats. And you are not a communist because you... <laughs> Because I read State and yeah, Revolution. Exactly. Like, like, exactly. Like, shit. Uh, all right. Well, here's what I will say. As a person that. Because you listen to an audiobook, it does not make you a communist. <laughs> what, I, what I will say is, like, inherently, I don't. Like, ideologically, I don't believe in the idea of the stock market. If I'm Martha Stewart, that's, that's just supporting a friend. And then realizing before you made a mistake to, to get out of that. I mean, it's it's insider trading. Though. She only went to prison for five months. And I think she, like, did a prison cookbook or something like that, didn't she? Did she? Back to Google. Maybe I drunk this, but I could have sworn she, like, did a special or something. I had no idea that you stand Martha Stewart. You know I don't. I just, like, appreciate that she took the whole going to jail thing in stride. She somehow did. Like, there's something to which she was like, yeah, I went to jail. You know? Like, I, I just think that it... I think jail was good for her brand. Is what I'm saying. You know, there's... Wait. Like, I think we need to imprison more white women. Is what I mean. All right, I think that's a good place to end. Is that funny? Is that funny? I'm sorry. We just need to imprison more white women. <laughs> Fucking hell. Take I'm a so, lap, Daniel. It's not funny. I'm sorry. We gotta... We gotta wrap it up. Go. <laughs> All right. Funny. Well, you're, it's about to go into our... So what's funny What's funny about this is that it's about to go into our, like, very chill, very zen, professional, out, pre-recorded outro. And so I just, like, want to prepare you for how jarring that's going to be in terms of vibe. Uh, so... Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we're up to, you can definitely find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Scopy Magazine. But most importantly, do find our Discord server. That is where we have been in this time having the most luck with building a community, letting people know what we're up to, and just outright beating the algorithm in, in all social media platforms. Uh, you can also find the podcast, the one you're listening to right now in most podcast places, including Google Play, iTunes Podcasts, and Radio Public. And I'm here, as always, to talk about the importance of subscribing, and now more so than ever, during our Sustain campaign. For as little as $2 a month, you can become a sustainer, and for that, you'll receive an email notification every time we post any piece of content. It is so worth it, and it makes such a difference to us. So please give it some thought. So, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.